0: Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Rose? Well, we're going, we don't need
1: Rose. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. No,
0: I am your father.
2: You're listening to After the Ending, the only film podcast where we tell you what happens after the ending of your favorite films. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Spring and Phil Edwards. Hello, and welcome to After the
0: Ending. I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards.
2: And Phil, today we have something a little different for
0: people, don't we? Yeah, it's like a, a super duper bonus episode.
2: Yeah, it's our special, well, I guess we can reveal it's our special live episode, right?
0: Yes, very and live. You're not in it. <laughs> yeah, very live with a live studio audience. Yes, and no Phil, unfortunately. No. So it well, could be to some of you, it'll probably be the worst episode we've ever done. <laughs> to others, Thanks. it could well Thanks, be the best. Right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I guess. I guess it depends if you're if you're Team Phil or Team Mike. Is that it?
0: Yeah. Well, I'm Team Mike. Oh, well, I'm Team Phil.
2: So we should get T-shirts made.
0: There we go. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess we should explain to people how this all came about, shouldn't we? Yes, it would make sense. We were invited to be part of the Saratoga Springs International Film Festival uh, just last month. And so, of course, we wanted to participate. And what they would like, wanted us to do was to record a live episode in front of a live audience, which is what we did. Mm. Unfortunately, Phil, you couldn't be here in Saratoga Springs, which is an upstate New York where I live. And, uh, and why was that?
0: Yes, because we've got a great big ocean in the way. <laughs> That's because, right. <laughs> because I, I live in England. Yeah, just I, I live in England, just the other side of a, a little bit of water. Right. So if we're Liverpool's one side. I'm just the other side of that. Yeah. And then but to get over to you, there's something we call the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs>
2: exactly. Which if
0: you're not, if, if listeners aren't aware of the Atlantic Ocean, it's it's quite big.
2: It's, it's very large yes yeah. it, it definitely is a bit of a hike to get over it so yeah. uh, so logistically speaking uh, Phil Phil you know couldn't couldn't make it here because of that darned ocean in between us and so uh, I then had to seek out a guest co-host and so I turned to my good friend Chris charling who I actually have worked with on a podcast in a previous life uh, we worked together on a, a podcast that we used to do for a company that we worked for together um, so I knew that Chris would be a good podcast co-host for this episode episode and uh, he's also a big movie fan like like phil and i are so we asked him to fill in and he was gracious enough to do so so the funny um, thing is
0: though my brother is also called chris
2: oh that's right yeah so see that it's all it's all in the after the ending family
0: yes although this chris that uh, you're, you're gonna hear isn't my brother just because right, right. i just thought my confused things then
2: Right but he does also much like you he does have like the big bushy beard and everything and so I feel like I'm I'm left out of this beard club <laughs> apparently I don't know what it is but I don't have Well that. only
0: true men can grow <laughs> big bushy <laughs> well,
2: beards and I'm definitely not a true man cuz I can't <laughs> grow a beard to save my life it's terrible <laughs> Anyway, uh, so we were very excited to go out there, and a couple weeks ago we went to the Saratoga International Film Festival, um, and we had a table where where we talked to people about the show, we gave out some of our posters, and then Chris and I recorded an episode uh, in front of a live audience, and we had a really great reception to it, people seemed to really enjoy it, and uh, of course, because we're no fools, we recorded the whole process for you all to listen to.
0: Yes, and I've heard it, and it's most enjoyable, some great audience participation. Chris does some great endings. Mike's okay. I'm joking. I'm joking. (laughs) Uh, Some very funny moments, and especially when you realise how much Mike misses me. It's
2: true. I do. Yes. I do. Much, much love to Chris. He was a great guest co-host, but uh, you know you can't replace Phil. So, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. So this is we did. Uh, we did it after the ending for Spaceballs, and then we also did some audience participation movie-themed uh, games, which were a lot of fun. So you're going to hear all that, and uh, I think we should uh, at this point just uh, go right into it. What do you say, Phil? Let's do it. Alright, so here we go. This is the special live episode of After the Ending. I should point out, the audio quality is obviously going to be a little bit different from what you're used to hearing from this show, of course, because it was recorded live. Uh, We did the best we could, and actually I think the sound turned out pretty well, but just keep in mind, you may have to turn up your volume a little bit. Uh, It's it's just, you know, it's a little more echoey uh, than what you're used to hearing from us. So, uh, here we go. Hope you enjoy it. Okay, well, hello and welcome to After the ending, our very first live episode, I am Mike Spring. I am not Mike Spring, even though my name tag says so. I'm Chris Jarlow. We both have my name tag on. And um, Chris is a guest co-host. He was kind enough to sit in with me today. My regular co-host on the show lives in Liverpool, not the one a couple hours away from here, the one in England. So he couldn't be here today. Uh, But we are uh, going to do our best to uh, give you a live version of our show. So after the ending is a podcast where we take popular movies, and try and figure out what happens after they end. Um, And honestly, the way it started was I was watching um, the remake of Poltergeist that came out a couple of years ago, and um, I don't know if anybody saw the movie, but what happens is there's this family, and the whole movie, they're struggling with money, and they can't pay their credit cards, and all these crazy things with, you know, they're like, oh, don't buy that, I can't afford it. And then at the end of the movie, their house explodes because of ghosts, and it, it made me think, like... It's an average American problem right, these days. Like, your homeowner's insurance is not gonna cover that. You know, that's not something that's <laughs> in the rider. You know, ghostly explosions. You can't so what are you gonna do for money now? So that got me thinking, like, what happens to these characters? And that was the genesis for After the Endings. So every episode we pick a movie or two and we come up with our own after the endings and decide what what happens after they end? Uh, and the, the the only rules that we have are we don't do movies with sequels because then they already tell you what happens after the ending. We don't do movies based on uh, true stories, and that's pretty oh, much the main we don't? rules.
3: <laughs> no, but we're doing spaceballs today. Yeah,
2: I know, which is probably a true story, but since we don't know for sure, and um, and also we both present our versions of what happens after the ending. We don't compare notes ahead of time, so I have no idea what Chris is going to say, and he has no idea what I'm going to say. And um, then we, uh, we kind of break it down. We sort of try and go with a, a format of the day after, which is basically what it sounds like, the day after the movie ends. Then we do the immediate aftermath, which is usually a few weeks to a few months after the movie ends, and then the long term, which is anywhere from months to years. Now that I've said that, though, we throw that format out the window almost every episode. Uh, it doesn't ever actually work out to, to exactly that way, but it seemed like a good idea at the time. So, Basic three-act structure. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Um, so today we are doing space balls, and then we're going to do a couple of um, uh, audience participatory fun movie things. And uh, space balls, if you're not familiar with it, or if you haven't seen it, you're too young probably. But it's a... all right. Good. All right. Oh, there you go. Awesome. You're good, a perfect Good daddy right there. Haven't you haven't seen what? it. What? I'm going to synopsize it for you. So we always start off by reminding you of the characters and who they are and what they do, and then we'll share our endings with you. So shall we jump right into that? I say we yeah. shall. All right, so here we go. Spaceballs, 1987, directed by the great Mel Brooks, starring Bill Pullman, Daphne Zuniga, Rick Moranis, John Candy, Joan Rivers, and of course, Mel Brooks himself. So, Planet Spaceball has run out of air. King Scroob plots to kidnap Princess Vespa, played by Daphne Zuniga, from the neighboring planet of Druidia to force them to give them their heir. He sends Dark Helmet, played by Rick Moranis, who bears a suspicious resemblance to a certain Sith Lord that we all know and love, uh, to kidnap her. However, Princess Vespa skips out on her wedding and flees with her droid Dot Matrix, played by Joan Rivers. Vespa's father, King Roland, hires Mercenary Lone Star, played by Bill Pullman, and his half-man, half-dog sidekick, Barf, played by John Candy, to rescue her. On their ship, the Eagle Five, they track down Vespa and rescue her, but they crash land on the desert moon of Vega. There, Star meets Yogurt, played by Mel Brooks, also bearing a certain resemblance to a little green Jedi Master we all know and love. And he teaches him about the metaphysical power of the Schwartz. A romance develops between Lone Star and Princess Vespa, but she can only marry a prince. Dark Helmet tries to find Princess Vespa, and using a VHS copy of the movie Spaceballs itself, he tracks her down to Vega, captures her, and takes her back to his to Spaceball. Using Vespa as leverage, King Roland is forced to give the planet Spaceball their air. and Dark Helmet's ship, the Spaceball One, transforms into a giant robot maid and starts vacuuming up the air. Lone Star rescues Vespa, races to her planet, and uses the Schwartz to fight Darth Helmet, making him accidentally cause the ship to self-destruct. Lone Star and company escape, while Darth Helmet and his minions are trapped in the head of the ship, which explodes and lands on a Planet of the Apes-like planet. Star takes his reward and leaves, but then he receives a message from Yogurt, revealing that he is actually a prince. So he interrupts Vespa's unhappy wedding and marries her himself. And that is Spaceballs, in a nutshell. It's much funnier when you watch the movie, but, you know, I can only do so much in a minute. So, Phil. (laughs) (laughs) So, for those of you who don't know, Phil is my regular co-host, who lives in England, and obviously I'm very used to saying, so, Phil, take it away, but... uh... I'm not feeling well no. I can try. Do you feel slighted at all, Chris? Just, it's totally fine. It's totally fine. Alright, nothing personal there. Yeah. Um, I'm probably gonna do that about seven more times. That's, I'm actually flattered. Alright, <laughs> so, so Chris, Christopher, why don't you share your day after with us?
3: Alright, so one of the things that I took advantage of, you'll see, but here's, here's my, my next 24 hours. So, Lone Star and Princess Vespa head off to a seedy space motel to consummate the marriage. Barf doesn't really have anywhere to go, so he just heads to the back of the RV. (laughs) On the way, tensions between the two begin to flare once again. Lone Star realizes that he can't stand Vespa, and she realizes that she can't stand him. He swings back to Druidia and drops her off. Prince Lone Star and Barf hit the road in search of their next adventure. Vespa goes and visits her friends at the local bar, goes on a bender, and blacks out. Dark Helmet, President Scroob, and Colonel Sanders have been captured by the apes, poked, prodded, and ridiculed. Around sundown, Dark Helmet remembers that he's had his ring the entire time, zaps many an ape crotch, and uses their Schwartz to break them out of captivity.
2: Can I just interrupt you for a second to say, uh, we've done almost 30 episodes of the podcast now. That is the first time we've used the phrase ape crotch in an episode. <laughs> so thank, thank you for classing it up a little today, Chris. <laughs>
3: You're welcome. So yeah, they, uh, they head back to Spaceball One to plot their next move. With Pizza the Hut out of the way, Vinny now takes up the mantle of his former boss's, former boss's criminal empire. His first order of business? Hunt down Lone Star and collect the money that he owed Pizza. He heads to Gus's Galaxy Grill, where he meets with a mysterious but very cool-looking shadowy figure. The notorious intergalactic bounty hunter, Soda Fett. <laughs> Vinny tells him of his plan. If he can capture Princess Vespa, he can extort Roland for twice what Lone Star owed Pizza. Vinny has the soup, Soda has the special Soda begins tracking Lone Star in a bid to secure his prize. We then cut to Yogurt, who senses a disturbance in the Schwartz. He reaches out to Lone Star and tells him of the plot against Vespa and warns him of a great evil out in the far reaches of space. Lone Star gives it some thought, but decides that he wants to stick with his plan of bailing on the princess. A thought occurs to Lone Star. Although Yogurt told him what the inscription said, he didn't tell him who his parents were, so he asks. But before Yogurt can answer, the Eagle Five is rocked by laser fire and stopped dead in its tracks. Soda Fett boards the RV and demands to know where Vespa is. Lone Star tells him that they split and that he dropped her off, but lies about the location. Frustrated, Soda begins to leave, but not before causing a scuffle. Before anything big can happen, the baby xenomorph busts out of his chest, does a musical number, and splits. (laughs) Lone Star and Barf try to find the baby xenomorph, but can't. They toss the body out into space and work on repairs. Exhausted, but with his good nature winning out, Lone Star calls Roland to warn him of the plot against Vespa. Roland begs Lone Star to come to Druidia and guard her. Lone Star refuses, but noting the condition of the RV, Roland tries to bargain with Lone Star, who says he'll think about it.
2: There you go. And that's just the next 24 hours, huh? That's it. That's it's a busy day. It's a jam-packed day. Well, right. The whole film happens in real time. That's so I kind of kept that pace. Alright. What do you got, Mike? Okay, well, the planet Druidia suffers a sudden ice age, freezing over the planet's surface and turning it into a snow-covered planet. The people turn to native creatures called Shmon as their primary mode of transportation. <laughs> When Dark Helmet escapes from the planet of the apes, he comes looking for Lone Star and Princess Vespa for revenge. When he arrives at Druidia, Lone Star, Vespa, Dot Matrix, and Barf barely escape. Lone Star sends Vespa, Barf, and Dot to Clown City, a planet where the inhabitants are all clowns. He then goes to see Yogurt to be trained in the shorts. In Clown City, Princess Vespa meets Lone Star's old friend, Bongo Russian, who's very charming, for a clown. He pulls flowers right out of his sleeve and gives them to her, although they wilt instantly when she <laughs> takes them. While training with Yogurt, Lone Star sees a vision of Vespa and Barf in danger and rushes off to save them, despite Yogurt's warnings. Arriving in Clown City, Lone Star finds that Dark Helmet has captured Vespa, and in the deep dark bowels of a three-ring circus, he battles him. Meanwhile, Bongo Clown Rissian helps Princess Vespa escape, but they're forced to leave Lone Star behind. Dark Helmet defeats Lone Star, and before he has him frozen using a carbonate easy snow cone maker he reveals that he is lone star's father i came up with that all on my own by the way that plot all me that is it's percent so original. original i don't it just came to me it was like a beacon you know i yeah. don't know where it came from but. It's,
3: it sounds like really uh, like like just em- empirically proven
2: that you you had a strike yes, of genius I, I empirically struck back you could say <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so uh, Chris, Christopher, how about your immediate aftermath? (laughs)
3: Nicely done. Well, Mike, the next day, Lone Star and Barf have fixed the RV. In the meantime, Lone Star summons Yogurt and asks him about the great evil in the far reaches of space. Yogurt says he was just bored and made it all up. Lone Star again asks him to give him some more details on the birth certificate. Yogurt tells Lone Star that his connection must be breaking up and quickly ends their chat. (laughs) Vespa has been on a dark path, renting out an entire floor of a luxury hotel on Druidia, engaging in all manners of reckless behavior, boozing and partying like there's no tomorrow. She finally passes out in a pile of beer cans, mostly empty solo cups, partygoers, and liquor bottles. Solo
2: cups? Like Han solo cups?
3: See I am out from the back of the room on that one. Thank you.
2: Throwing that one out to the cheap seats.
3: <laughs> I was so amazed by that connection that I just <laughs> froze, so thank you for laughing.
2: For some reason I have Star Wars on the brain, but I can't figure out I, why. It's strange. It's Since strange. we're doing Spaceballs. Yeah. You know.
3: They're kind of similar. I never a little, noticed A little bit. All right. so, uh, on the planet of the apes, Scrooge, Sanders, and Dark Helmet sheepishly realize that they missed out on a good chunk of escape pods during the crash and blast off in search of more air. Out of sheer coincidence, all three pods happen to crash into the just-fixed Eagle Five and once again disable the RV. The three space balls wrangle their way inside. Furious, Lone Star begins to attack them, but barf acts out as the voice of reason and cools things off.
2: Lone Star... John Candy is definitely known for being the voice of reason.
3: <laughs> well, he's a dog. I mean, well, people love dogs. He's his own best friend. True. And
2: dogs are so rational.
3: He's a therapy barf. A therapy mog. <laughs> right? There- You've been gone for
2: three hours. I thought I'd never see you again. exactly.
3: (laughs) Uh, Lone Star agrees not to do anything rash, but forces Helmet to hand over his ring and tells his new passengers to stay in the back and keep quiet. Before this can happen, a skittering sound is heard, and all five of them shudder. The video communicator pops on, and Roland appears on screen. Shocked to see the Spaceballs hanging out with Lone Star and Barf, he misreads the situation entirely, flips out, and hangs up. Mm. Back on Druidia, Roland is inconsolable. Between Vespa's troubling behavior and Lone Star's seeming betrayal, he snaps. He picks up a phone, shaking and sweating, and speaks into it, saying, I have something I need, te- I have something I need taken care of. Execute royal order one, two, three, four, five. Vinny speeds across the starry reaches of the galaxy in a spaced out DeLorean. A video screen rings in his dashboard and he picks it up. On the other end is King Roland. He has a proposition.
2: All right. Well, I can't wait to see how that wraps up. All right. So for my, where are we? The Immediate Aftermath, right? Yeah. uh, I'm not used to working with paper. It's very, very, you know, old school for me. All right. Okay. So, the Immediate Aftermath. Dark Helmet sends Lone Star's frozen body to Pizza the Hutt. Princess Vespa, Bongo, Barf, and Dot Matrix sneak into Pizza's palace to try and rescue him, but are captured by Pizza the Hutt instead. Princess Vespa is forced to wear a gold metal bikini, which launches a merchandising empire of its own. <laughs> After a climactic battle over the Bar Snack Pit, they kill Pizza the Hut and leave the planet. When they return to Geridia, they learn that Dark Helmet has rebuilt the Spaceball One with an even bigger vacuum. This time, however, the ship is protected by a force field, so Princess Vespa, Barf, and Dot are forced to go to the forest moon of Screen Door to destroy the shield generator. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Lone Star goes to face Dark Helmet once again. While Bongo rallies Druidia's space fleet and prepares to lead an assault on the Spaceball Two, on the moon of Screen Door, Vespa falls into a trap set by Dark Helmet. But with the help of a small race of furry muppets called Bebops, they destroy the shield <laughs> generator. Lone Star defeats Dark Helmet and races off the Spaceball Two just in time for Bongo Clown Rissian to blow it to Kingdom Come. Again, I'd like to point out, completely original story. All me. <laughs> it's so, all me. It's so original. It's just like amazing. You know? uh, What's
3: the? I like that you ignored the fact that pizza died in the first one. In the in Spaceballs.
1: Oh, you know, he was listen, trapped in a stretch limo. Continuity is not for me. Okay. I, I okay.
2: don't. I don't bother myself with details like who lives or who dies. So when when you, I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> when you
3: When you were saying that they break into his palace, all I can picture is that it's a giant, like, dark space. Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's all, all the animatronics are <laughs> shut down. It's, like, super creepy. It's just, like, Chuck E. Cheese like, dead. Yeah. Nice. It's
3: awesome. <laughs> all,
0: right. all right. Well, let's see.
2: Bring it on home, then, Chris. All right, so the final day and epilogue
3: here. While fixing the RV for the second time, Barf has the radio on. As he skims across stations, he happens across some all-out-of-love by Air Supply.
2: I'm all-out-of-love.
3: President Screw, Lord Helmet, and Colonel Sanders. All gasp in awe and a sense of relief comes over everyone on board. All at once tensions are lowered and everyone realizes that the differences are really only skin deep. Scroob takes a deep breath, and then a look of amazement comes over his face. He runs to the radio and contacts Spaceball City. He pipes the remainder of All Out of Love through the radio. As the song ends, they quickly begin to scan the waves. Even the Nights Are Better is playing on another station, and they pipe it I don't through. Know that one. Even the nights
2: are Oh yeah, I know point. that one. Right. Uh, it's yeah. the only words anybody knows.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's that song. Everyone knows five words from it. As the tunes careen across the galaxy, reports come in from all over Spaceball City that they now have air supply.
2: <laughs> wow, that was quite the setup. I like yeah. it, though.
3: <laughs> that came to me at like 11.30 last night. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> Princess Vespa wakes from her drunken stupor and comes to her senses. She finds her father pacing back, back and forth in a fit of rage. He tells her that he's found out that Lone Star had been working with the Spaceballs all along and has contacted Vinny, and unaware of Vinny's plot against Vespa, offered him ten million space bucks to kill a Lone Star. Horrified, she begs her father to stop. She cries, I love him. But before she can carry out before she can get out any more words, a loud no comes from the other side of the room. Roland and Vespa turn around to see yogurt. Uh-huh. Oblivious to everything happening on Druidia, things are good on the RV. There's a spirit of camaraderie and good nature. Everyone's drinking and having a good time. Suddenly, the ship slams to a halt and the power cuts down. In the commotion, Lone Star drops his ring. An ominous hissing is heard. The external door flies open and Vinny steps out of his space DeLorean and into the RV. He points a blaster at Lone Star and begins monologuing. A viscous liquid begins to pour in over his head. He aims his pistol right at Lone Star, and suddenly, the adult Xenomorph hops out of nowhere and eats him right where he stands. It turns to face the crew. Out of nowhere, a green beam zaps toward the xenomorph's nether regions. Probably another first... Another crotch, an alien crotch, the other ape
2: crotch. (laughs) We're a high-class podcast,
3: everybody. Everyone spins around to see Dark Helmet holding his ring. He Schwartz pushes the alien into the DeLorean and blasts the car off into space. Everyone high-fives, and they crank some more air supply. Lone Star calls up Roland to tell him that Vinny is no more, and thus Vespa is safe. He's confounded to find yogurt on the other end. He demands to finally have the answer to his question. Who are my parents, he shouts. Yogurt replies by asking Lone Star if him and Vespa consummated the the marriage. Let me try that again. Yogurt asks Lone Star if him and Vespa consummated the marriage. He replies that no, in fact, they did not. Barf cuts in and jokes that they fought like brother and sister the whole time. Funny you should say that, says Yogurt. (laughs) I probably should have mentioned this earlier. Your father is King Roland. Grossed down and crushed, Lone Star heads off into exile. No one sees or hears from him again for decades. Or ever, actually, is what I had written, but didn't read that. <laughs> decades <laughs> later, that's why I read decades. Decades later, his name mysteriously pops up on a birth certificate as the father of a young boy named Peter Quill.
2: Oh, I like it. A little tie into Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy there. Very nice. All right. All right, so what'd you have, <laughs> Nicely done. Okay, yes. well... The long term. So, after a long and unfortunate flashback, wherein we learn that Dark Helmet was really, really whiny and annoying as a child, (laughs) our story picks up 30 years later. Bongo Clown Rissian has disappeared, Princess Vespa has become a general, and Lone Star and Barf have left Druidia to return to working as mercenaries, and the legacy of Dark Helmet lives on. A new force of evil has been unleashed on the galaxy. I don't know when is his name, and there's something familiar about him. He leads a dark new group called the One-Fifth Order. Their mission is to divide audiences across the globe while unleashing a new merchandising empire that will crush everything in its path. And so far, they're succeeding. For the first time in a long time, the future is unknown.
3: <laughs> That's awesome.
2: My, it's the third in my trilogy of completely original stories that I came up with all by myself. That's,
3: yeah, it bears no resemblance to anything nope, I've ever seen all. in
2: my entire life. Not at all. That's great. So that is our endings for Spaceballs. Chris, I almost called you Phil just then. <laughs> it, was, it was so close to coming out. It was like, Chris, do you have any trivia about the film you'd like to share?
3: Funny you ask. I have an entire page of handwritten notes here. All right. Um, so I I, uh, I had a really hard time with my ending. I almost went with George Lucas being the main villain that he was going to buy. Some would argue Spaceballs. that that's pretty accurate. But... Uh, Interestingly, he absolutely loved the movie, and uh, the Millennium Falcon actually makes a cameo in the movie in the parking lot outside of the Space Grill, well-known fact, so if you watch it later, it's on the right-hand side of the screen. Uh, he also Even though
2: he pointed to the left. State, I was doing stage right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. I, I believe you, Chris. <laughs>
0: That's
3: why it's great to do a podcast, because normally these visual jokes That's right. don't the, work.
2: The visual jokes often fall flat when you're just listening to our episodes, I yeah. will say. Uh, he Often also, Phil and I will do pantomime. It's mm-hmm. like long stretches of the show for like five minutes, and we're <laughs> pantomiming, and nobody ever seems to like those segments. I don't know why. I don't know. I, I enjoy them. Thank you.
3: I like I like the freeform nature of it. Um, so he also had ILM work on the film uh, Industrial Light and Magic, and the escape pod shots that you see when Spaceball One is, is in self destruct were actually from un, were cut from Star Wars: A New Hope.
2: Yeah, interesting. So that's where they come from. I did not know that. Yeah.
3: Uh, And per the fair use agreement between Brooks and Lucas, it was agreed that no legitimate spaceball merchandise would ever exist in the real world. I had heard that. Which was very frustrating to me as a youth. Because the fact that this was satire completely escaped me as a kid. I was so angry that Spaceballs 2 never came out. Uh Although apparently there, there may be one in the
2: works, right? But half the cast is dead, so that, you have to imagine it won't be the same. Yeah, I like the proposed title though. Have you heard it? So is it the search? Is it is it Spaceballs two: the search for money, or is it the Spaceballs three: the search for Spaceballs two?
3: <laughs> I love that one so much better. Uh, R.L. Stein wrote the novelization for Spaceballs, the mm-hmm. book. Uh, in it, he reveals the names of all the Dinks, which you can look up on IMDb if you're really bored. Uh, yeah. Yogurt is revealed not to be the leader of the Red-Eye Knights. Uh, he says that's Alec Guinness. Uh-huh. And Dark Helmet is revealed to be allergic to raspberries when he uh, when, they, very important when they jam the radar. Right. Uh, Steve Martin was the original choice for Colonel Sanders, which I didn't realize that he wasn't Colonel Sanders <laughs> until I read that bit of trivia. Um, I just... That dude... I should know his name. Right, um, you know, that dude. Yeah. We're a very well-informed podcast. It was Steve, I, I think he, maybe he... he, he I believe might... it was Steve Schmartin. Yeah, <laughs> he, he was a stunt double. <laughs> right, right. Uh, all right, you already did the rumored title of the sequel. And... uh in the desert sequence where they're combing the desert, there's one guy who has one of my favorite lines of the movie, which I can't repeat here, but he tells them he hasn't found anything. Not quite so eloquently. <laughs> in some, not in so many words. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he would later go on to play Tuvok in Star Trek yeah, Voyager. Tim Russ. Yep.
2: I did not realize that. That's
3: right. Ah, there you go. So there's our trivia.
2: All right. So there you go. That's some trivia about uh, Spaceballs. That's right. And uh, this is where we would normally throw it out and see if anybody else has any uh, after the ending thoughts on how Spaceballs might have gone on. You know you you good. Okay, you're good. Oh, thank you. <laughs> 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 Sucker. <laughs> needed more editing. Mine, was, mine just rambled. You know, yeah. In the edited version, of this he's going to point it to you and make it feel like he's going to say thank you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I, I really liked Clown City. I thought thank thank you. That was awesome. Thank you. <laughs> All right, well, that is our endings for Spaceballs. This is what we do every episode. We usually do two films per episode. Uh, Today we're just going to do one, but... uh, It was too big for one episode. You know, listen, we didn't want to overwhelm people. It's your first exposure, so we didn't want you to, you know, it'd be too much to take in, so... Uh, But we do have a couple of audience participation things we wanted to to do since we're doing a live episode. Uh, And since we focus on endings in our show, we thought it'd be fun to share some famous last movie lines and see if you guys can guess what movies they come from. Now, I will say the first few are softballs, so I'm hoping somebody will get these. Chris, why don't you start us off? Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. Thank you. Amen, sir. Nicely done. Come on, guys. Give him a hand. Get, get, he's he at got one
3: schooling person you already.
0: You
2: know, come on, you guys got to step it up a little. Yeah. All right. How about this? This is another, this is another easy one. Sir, I'm going to count on you for this one. All right? He hasn't even seen spaceballs. No, I know, but listen. This is the one I'm counting on you for. <laughs> Louie, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Nothing? He won't get it. Thank you. It's the game. For the record, greatest movie of all time. Just need to put that out there. I do most episodes. He does. If you haven't seen it, you should watch it. All right, take it away. That'll do, pig. That'll do. Come on. Babe. Thank you. You guys, come on. You knew it. You know the answer. You got to throw it out there. All right. <laughs> I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You should have even seen that movie yet. How old are you? <laughs> Seriously, how old are you? Alright, I guess all right, that's how yeah, right. it's so
1: when
2: you was Oh, see? You saw it when you were ten. I don't know about that. I can, although I think of the movies I watched. He bails himself
3: 10. out, you dig him back in. <laughs> Alright.
2: Alright. I gotta leave a word off
3: the ending of this, much like I did with my No, own. this
2: the actual ending one just had this. Oh really? Yeah, the word wasn't in it. Oh, I yeah, didn't know that. that.
3: So there's a there's a hint for you. Uh, I'm too
2: old for this. Oh, there, there's no prize, so if you get it wrong, it's okay. We don't take away points. Oh, you're close. so close. Close. Anyone else? It, it, it's there. You go. Lethal weapon. You had like
3: the right category of word. Definitely the for right the first flavor. One. Lethal die. It was, it was... All
2: right. There's gonna get a little harder now. So, we'll see what happens. Why don't we just wait here for a little while, see what happens. Nobody? Something is
3: on the tip of my tongue. (laughs) So, you know, you're gonna start your hints, you can start a little. A little more subtle
2: than that? Yes. Think very cold. The thing I'm thinking of is... (laughs) It is the thing. That's an amazing leap of logic. I don't know how you could have gotten that from his super subtle clues. I try to make my hints, you know, fair. But but, like, but let me give you a clue. It's the thing.
3: <laughs> it's like my favorite uh, my favorite episode of The Simpsons. There's that that part where they go into uh, you know that part where the uh, yeah, yeah that part. no the uh, the episode where from that episode the the, uh, the the Cape Fear episode yes where he's like okay I'm going to. Say hello, Mr. Thompson, and stomp on your foot. Hello, Mr. Thompson. <laughs> I think he's talking to you. <laughs> uh, all right. Okay. Okay. Here, here's our next wait one. Wait a second. Oh, what? Yeah, it's your turn. Yeah. Never mind. All right, all
2: right. I'll be right here. You gotta give a little something. Give it a voice. Do a little voice. I don't. Know. I don't know. I'll be right here. That sounded super creepy, but he got it. Nice yeah. job, ET. All right. That's right. Woo! Thank you. He's kicking all y'all's butts. I'm just saying. Okay, here we go. Oh no, it wasn't the airplanes. It was Beauty Killed the Beast. Go ahead. Say again. All right, anyone else? Thank you. We got some from over here. All right, from the matching green guys over here. I like it. King Kong. King Kong, the original and best. One of the best movies of all time.
3: I'm really happy that your listeners are going to assume that we had Martians in in attendance.
2: Because the green guys? (laughs) (laughs) The
3: two green guys over here. (laughs)
2: <laughs> listen just because they're green doesn't mean they're from mars that's kind of a racist thing to say i'm sorry you're right you know this is this is a friendly podcast i don't appreciate you bringing your we should
3: really be a little more inclusive to extraterrestrial, right, extra Extraplanetary. <laughs> that's right especially with it being about space balls you never know all right uh where are we next where we go from here what where we go from there is a choice i leave to you Yeah, this is this is I told awesome. you harder. They can all really be softballs. Really yes. I'll try and get it right. Wait, this wait, time. I'll give you a visual. Okay. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you.
2: And I had sunglasses and a black trench coat. See, that's how you do a clue. And he's offering him a choice. Any guesses? Yes. 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 Nice. nice. All right. See, yeah. once you once you get involved, you are nailing them. You got some competition over here. You got Martians, step up your game.
3: These Martians got some good not, not movie <laughs> The Martians,
2: you know, they know movies. They they interrupt they intercept our uh, Earth transmissions. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see a couple more. Here we go. I never had any friends later on like the ones I had when I was 12. Jesus, does anyone? Nice job. You see his got, hands he's got, shoot up he's on got that. A good uh, movie repertoire for only being 15. That movie was before you were even born. All right, I'm impressed. Look at you. you should be up here co-hosting with us. Yeah, I'll, yeah. yeah. <laughs> let me get out. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Your name isn't Phil, by any chance, is it? Make my life so much easier. would. <laughs> All right. All right, our next one. Well, nobody's perfect. Dad? Come on. It's a before. comedy. It's considered one of the greatest comedies of all time, if not the greatest comedy of all time. you got it. Some like it hot. Marilyn Monroe, Tony Curtis, Jack Lemmon. Another classic. I like a lot of current movies, too. I just realized I'm harping all the old movies, but I love current movies. Well, you caught the Peter Quill reference. So I did, of course. Good. Yeah, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Alright, here's our final uh, last fan- famous movie line, and it is this is a tough one, I'm going to admit. I'll be, I'll be surprised and pleased if anyone gets this. Oh, good. For a moment there, I thought we were in trouble. I got a hint. I see all the wheels turning. It's great. I can't wait to hear your hint. I wouldn't have gotten this. I'll give you a yeah, clue. Yeah, we'll, well, he's going to give you a clue, so it might get real easy real quick. Yeah.
3: Except this one's a really bad clue, but I will say we are at a film festival.
2: Oh, that's true, and there is a film festival, another very famous film festival that draws its name from this movie. Go ahead. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Come on, Kid. of course you would have gotten that. was such an easy hint. Well, it's better than your past hunt, where your other hint would have just been, It's Butch Cassidy. I believe it's Redford, yes. But don't hold me to that. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm pretty sure. Have you seen that one? It's, the, it's, it's Butch going? Cassidy
3: and the Something Kid. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> That's a, here's the clue. It's Butch Cassidy and the Blank Kid. Any guesses? Any guesses at all? So one more thing we're going to do is we're going to have a couple of volunteers hopefully come up and join us for a, a, a segment we call Character Knockouts. So would anybody like to come up stage and join us? You, you have to come up, yeah. obviously, so yeah. come on up. Anybody else? Hi, come on, have a seat. Jason, you have to stand. I only have three. I'll, I'll right. Come on, have a seat. What's okay. your name? What is it? Um, Moss. Moss. Moss? M- yeah. Okay. Welcome Moss. Moss is here to join us. He's been answering a lot of questions, obviously, and uh, I think he knows movies pretty well. So, character knockouts, we're going to pit famous movie characters against each other, and we're going to debate which one we think would win in a fight, and you, the audience, are going to have to decide with your applause which of us presented the better argument and who you think would win. So, and this is all on the fly, because no one's had time to think about this ahead of time. So I'll let you guys go first. Oh, so yeah. we have more time
4: to think. Can I start? Yeah, yeah. Um so I'm assuming I know Star Trek came first in like the late sixties, but um it's more obvious that Star Wars has a way bigger of an impact on um, on basically just movie culture and everything. Sure. And whereas Captain Kirk is not even the best character in his series and films, whereas Spock is, in uh, my opinion. So is fighting e- words even, right there. Even, e- <laughs> e- <laughs> even Bones and Chekhov are better than
2: Come on, Okay, than all right. No, hang on a second. <laughs> <laughs> I, I try not to interrupt. Okay, yeah. I'll give you Bones and I'll give you Spock. But okay. Chekhov?
1: Chekhov?
4: In the new ones he is. Come on, Come Anton Yelchin. I love Anton
2: Yelchin. We did a whole yes. tribute to him on our show but Chekhov is okay, not maybe, better than Okay, maybe
4: Chris Pine is a little bit... I mean, beyond Chekhov is pretty good. He
3: he was. Was. I'm going to give you one more. You said Star Trek came first. Here's how we win this fight. Star Trek came first, but
2: Han shot first. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my <laughs> God. That's a good
4: one. Well, not, not in the... Uh, what is it? Not in
2: the... the special edition. That's right. What special editions? Uh, I'm, I'll just point out that uh, Gene Roddenberry never went back and butchered his own TV show like George Lucas did okay, to his let's... movies. Ooh. But let's, let's focus more on the characters, shall we? I was going to say we're getting off topic. Yeah, I so, know. Well, <laughs> roughly on top Jason,
1: what do you think? How about Captain We'll come back to you guys, don't worry. You can rebut. How about Captain Kirk? You yes. got any? Well, here's the thing if you're comparing the two, then Captain Kirk made it further in his career but while still breaking the rules. There you go. And then Han Solo was just a smuggler.
2: I, see? I like that. And they're both pretty good in a fist fight. Now, see, I might give them equal odds in a yes. fist fight, but Captain Kirk is pretty rough and tumble, and he has the, the might of Starfleet behind him, whereas Han Solo has a, to quote Princess Leia, a walking carpet. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Okay,
4: so uh, let's take a look at this. All right, Harrison let's Ford. Let's analytical on this. He's like, Har- oh, no, let's break this down. Harrison Ford and William Shatner, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to do William Shatner, because um, I think he's more of what people think about Kirk. Sure, uh, about I'm Shatner. down with that.
3: You're throwing yeah. sand in their eyes here. This is good. <laughs> so...
4: Harrison Ford is a two hundred million dollar uh, famous, probably one of the best actors out there. Sure. Mm, not you don't compare him to Brando, but he's a really good actor. And Brando?
2: You even know who Brando is?
4: How do you know? <laughs> and um, people, he, he has two. Uh, unless you don't call it, um, count Blade Runner, you have two primary roles: Indiana Jones and Han Solo. Yep. Nobody can decide who's better than that, but. Harrison Ford is still making movies right now. Where's William Shatner? He's doing a Capital One to TV commercial. That's true. <laughs> and he's stuck doing cameos on Family Guy with Seth MacFarlane.
2: That's true. He did do a TV show recently with George Foreman.
4: Yeah, but it got canceled. I know. Which yeah, one? really lost <laughs> <laughs> but It's true, I mean right,
1: No, I can't argue, that's ta- a good point
4: How many action figures has Han Solo sold and how many action figures Well,
1: listen, to
2: be fair, Captain Kirk has had a fair number of action figures made of him no, they the sold girl. as many, but he's had them made so. what, <laughs> no, Who that's gets
3: right. the girl at the end?
2: Uh, Captain Kirk always gets Captain, the girl I'm going to have to school you up on, is that on that one, buddy
3: or quality? Han uh, kind of
2: a one-woman uh, man oh, Captain Kirk is an all-woman man You know what I'm saying? Let's restate
4: the question. Who finds true love
1: at the end? Well, that's, oh, that's true, true but
2: you, some people would argue that that's not necessarily a better thing. So I'm not well, one of those people. I'm just saying. I'm so some glad people got argue that. Team. I know, right? <laughs> I don't have to do Come on, Jason, help me out here. Yeah, I feel the same that you right. do. Because so
1: like, his so here's, knowledge so here's so
2: I'm going to throw this out at you. If Captain Kirk and Han Solo, if the characters, got into a fight, you could think that Han Solo would win, but Captain Kirk doesn't believe in the no win situation. This even with the with the Kobayashi Maru, he always finds a way to win. So even if Han Solo would have the upper hand, Captain Kirk would find a way to win because that's what he fight. does. I got another fight. Okay, can't wait to hear. So, it. So
4: um, let's take away. Uh, let's see um, their partners yeah. and their um, what they drive, basically. Okay. You got the Starship Enterprise. Believe me, I love the Starship Enterprise. Sure. It's pretty cool looking. Yeah. But the Millennium Falcon. Come on. It's the Millennium market. Falcon
2: is faster, but if the Enterprise got a good Twelve shot in on it, parsecs. but if the Enterprise got a good shot in on it, it would fall apart.
4: It did, the, par- the, t- the Kessel run 12 parsecs. I've heard that. Yeah? What, what are the instructions? It, get, it get blown the out by got blown up Enterprise got
2: warp 9! How many parsecs is that? I have no idea, but I bet it's a lot.
4: Probably no parsecs. And then you got Chewbacca and Spock.
2: Yeah. Chewbacca. What if you put them together and you had Chewbacca? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I
3: think we'd all win.
2: That that's a win right (laughs) there. I think we all win when that happens.
3: Maybe Spock's a
4: little
1: bit better than Chewbacca.
2: See there? Yeah, Yeah, but that's not Han Solo. That's not Han Solo. That's not Han Solo. Now he's (laughs) backtracking.
1: No, like with with Kirk, he like just the definition of the whole Star Trek universe. They were doing more unknown uh, entities. Like they were they were yeah they were in places in space that nobody had ever been to before. Right and. I feel if were, you know it might not be winning the fight, but contribution to the universe as a whole or to the, the whatever federation we're talking about, they've discovered and you know, the had United to deal federation with more planets. Well, yeah, but I'm saying you can't really you can't really compare between right. the two different universes. Sure.
2: And sorry. Well,
1: no, continue. just that they have been in more um, more difficult situations where you can't necessarily fight your way out of. Right. And so I think Kirk is kind of the perfect combination between you know kind of muscling your way through something having to and having the, the team with him to think your way through something and then having lots of people in I, I oh, agree.
3: Oh, So ahead. Kirk just sits back and lets his crew handle everything while Han Solo is pretty much doing it all on his own.
4: And also right. if I had a microphone I would drop it right now but uh, he also uh, destroyed the Death, the Death Star
2: is this true? Yeah. Um, but but also, I would say, if Han Solo was stuck on an alien planet fighting a lizard man, would he know how to make a weapon out of a log and a bunch of stones? No, he would no, take he a shattering and kill But what if he lost his he gun? He wouldn't lose I've his got gun. A okay, he go got ahead. Pockets, yeah.
1: Kirk sacrificed himself. That's right. In the, new, in the uh, Next Generation movie. Yep, that's right, to save, the galaxy. To, to save the galaxy. Yeah, but yeah. Han
4: Solo went up by his son. That's pretty honorable.
1: Spoilers,
2: that's true. All right, so, I think, it <laughs> it I think it's... Who hasn't seen the Force of more than eight okay. times? I don't think it's anyone in this audience who hasn't seen it. I I've think seen it, like, saying, ten times already. I'm sure. <laughs> All right, I think we'll turn it over to the audience by by show of applause. Let's see. Let's hear it for Han Solo. All right, and now let's hear it for Captain Kirk. That's pretty even. Yeah, well, that's
4: happening. No, they, they didn't clap. <laughs> I think
2: we're in it. All right, let's do one more time, even more effusive this time. Han Solo?
1: You went for love?
4: Oh. We Captain,
2: Captain Kirk.
1: Uh, <laughs>
2: I think we got to yeah, give it to Han Solo.
1: I don't even know if they would fight.
2: And they probably would just go to the bar and hang out. I think the fourth one. You're probably right. <laughs> right. They'd be pretty fast friends. <laughs> yeah. All right, you guys take the first round then. All right, uh, who do you want from the second Black widow. one? widow. Of course. I, the ones I like team.
4: DC better though, I'm saying.
2: You don't have Black Widow? I don't can know. I kind of want to skip to the third oh. one. All right. Good well, I, I the thing we're they're doing, doing Black now. Widow. Then. How about Harley Quinn?
3: I had a really good reading of Black Widow. I
2: don't I don't okay. Well, they used to be my hype man. You just echo everything okay. I say. All right. So for this round, then, this will be our, our <laughs> final character knockout. We're going to do Harley Quinn versus the Black Widow. That will be Harley Quinn from DC's Suicide Squad and the Batman comics as well, and Black Widow from Marvel's Avengers movies. So. I
1: agree with you, Mike. <laughs> 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 Perfect. You just do that all the whole time. All
2: right. Uh, well, you guys started last time, so I guess we'll start this time, right? Go ahead. Man. We're doing Harley Quinn. Yes. yes. All right. Well. Good morning. Thank you. <laughs> so let's. I think to start things off, Harley Quinn uh, would, you know, attack Black Widow with her giant mallet, and you know, knock her on the head, and, and, and I think she if she knocked her out. It'd be all over because she's kind of a psychopath. Would probably kill her. Let's be honest. Um, and you know, I think when you've been dealing with the Joker for so many years, you're you're pretty tough. You're street smart. I don't think that the, the Black Widow can pull an over on her. So. so, I think that's I think Harley Quinn would take the edge there. Um, I, I agree with all of his points. <laughs> um, <laughs> um,
4: my argument is uh, that Harley uh, Quinn depends on the Joker. Basically, she's madly in love with him. Whereas he, other than like falling in a pit of acid for her in that really bad movie, he doesn't really do much for her. And uh, Black Widow is independent and she does whatever she wants. Oh, if Tony Stark wants her to do, and she just does everything. And she so you're saying Tony Stark to her. is her Joker? No, not really. She just does <laughs> sometimes. He does, and the Joker literally just controls Arlie and Harley, and Harley's just uh what is, What's her face? Black Widow is uh, cunning and very smart, and uh, can beat up really anyone except for Bane.
2: Alright, I like
3: it. I'm also going to say, in terms of quality of cinematic appearances, uh, I think Black Widow has been in, even if she was just in one movie, she would have a better film representation than Harley Quinn.
2: Oh, you didn't like Suicide Squad, whereas I did.
4: I liked it, but it's not really that good of a movie, but the whole component with Will Smith as Will Smith as Deadshot was really good, and then Harley Quinn was uh, good, and then the Joker was okay. That's the only good part of the movie. The rest of the villain is awful. Okay. Like, enchantress. Fair awful.
2: enough. Fair enough. I don't know what
4: this was. Um,
2: so I think also, Harley Quinn... We. We think. We <laughs> think. Jason, Jason's jason been whispering <laughs> ideas <laughs> into in my head. Um, I think Harley Quinn also is a lot more ruthless. So I think ultimately, if Black Widow started getting too close to her, Harley Quinn would maybe just pull a gun out and shoot her. Mm,
4: no, but Harley Quinn falls for people she promised it wouldn't. Uh, she wouldn't fall for it in a pack of... Like a low dumpster digging at the bottom of the barrel, comic book characters. Whereas, what's their face? Black Widow's friends with Captain America, Iron Man, Hulk, Thor, Black Panther, Spider Man, Delane more Hawkeye. Yeah.
2: Yes, yeah. So, that is true. If, if her team was with her, I have no doubt that they would win. But if it was a solo fight, no, I think Harley Quinn fights dirty. She just just fighting dirty scissor always fight. wins.
4: She would do that scissor thing where she just goes on top of the person and like scissors the person's neck. Right. Yeah.
2: I think Harley could do that, too. I'm going to say that it's a good
3: match between chaos and train, and, and technique. Cast and order. Yeah, she's Russian, yeah, too.
4: Yeah, she's right. a ballet dancer, so, you yeah.
3: I don't know if
2: I'd see how that would
3: help, but So okay.
4: she's good at arrogance
3: and stuff like that. Okay.
2: Okay. Yeah. I was going to use that argument for Han Solo, but I realized that he wasn't a ballet dancer. He also does that move where he wraps his legs around people's heads. <laughs> You don't see it except in the special edition. No, no, doesn't.
3: Isn't there like something in one of the Indiana Jones movies, right? Yeah. In I think. There we go. Yeah. All right, all
2: right. Well, I think we all know who won this one, but I think i you guys won that one. Let's throw it to the audience there. So, well, we'll go with us first, so we can get the louder applause out of the way. Because I get tired. Yeah. Uh-huh. Anybody for Harley Quinn? Ah, thank you. Thank you for the pity applause. I appreciate it. And how about Black Widow? Oh, oh! We have an upset! Clearly, they clearly the winner in that one Even I Quinn. Thank you, audience, for choosing right on that one. Alright, so um, we want to say thank you to Moss and Jason, our volunteers. And oh, wait, don't go anywhere just yet. Got some videos for you guys. for you for participating. Here you go, here's some movie posters for you. There's a limited edition IMAX uh, poster of Interstellar in there and a few oh, other good ones. I poster. So enjoy those. And there's yeah. another one of our posters. That's I think you there's already have. You oh, can never weird. have too many the of those. Interstellar poster. Yeah, that's cool. yeah, a cool that's one. Awesome. So thank you guys for participating. Appreciate thank it. Thank you very much. Let's give these guys a hand. Yes. <laughs> All right. All right. So that's about it for our show. Uh, before we sign off, does anybody have any questions about movies or podcasts or after the ending or anything like that? Go ahead. It will be on iTunes. Um, I'm not sure when. This is going to air as a a special live episode, so it'll be in between our regular episodes. Sometime in the near future, though. We have, uh, well, if you want, I'll give you one of our cards so you can subscribe to it on iTunes. I'll tell you after the ending. If you search for after the ending online, you will find two things. You'll find us, and you will find a death metal band. Um, which you're also welcome to listen to. I'm sure they're very good. I um, like all the material for both. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. It's my side project. Um, I like Casablanca and I like death metal. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a contradiction. Uh, but after the ending is our podcast. It comes out every Monday um, without fail so far. And uh, you can subscribe to it on iTunes. It's also on everything. SoundCloud, Stitcher, I, uh, TuneIn FM, I think it's called. Uh, You can find it on my website. Um, We have all sorts of social media presences you can find us on. Um, If you like what you heard today, please check us out online. Tell your friends and all that good stuff. Anything I'm missing, Chris? I'm usually much more British, and I go by Phil. That's right. Although, strangely, you look similar. Okay. But, yeah, usually if you listen in, you're going to see him. He's going to sound a little different, and I'll call him Phil a whole lot more. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Well, thank you, um, everybody, for coming. Uh, we are, like I said, after the ending. Hopefully, you'll check us out online, and I hope you had a good time. And, and thank you very much. Thank you. That'll, That'll do. My job. That'll do. That'll do. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Phil. Glad to be here.
0: Well, there you go. That was our first ever live episode.
2: Yes, hopefully the first of many, and hopefully future ones will be able to have Phil actually involved. Yes, most definitely.
0: <laughs> uh, but uh, many thanks to Chris for doing an absolutely fantastic job. Very much appreciated. Indeed. Obviously not as good as a certain someone, but no, he, was, he, was, he did a cracking job. And I most enjoy it. And uh, the, the audience as well. Thank you to yes. everybody who was there and for taking part, especially the people who came up on stage and the ones who answered the questions. It was all very much appreciated.
2: Yes, yes, indeed it was. It was a good time. We, we really enjoyed it. And uh, hopefully we're going to do it again next year. So, so future live episodes will be coming, although I think they will probably be just, you know, kind of a once in a while special treat. Yeah.
0: Oh, and if, if there are any eccentric millionaires listening who are fans of the show and they would like to see me be involved in a live show or my, me and Mike together doing a live show either side of the Atlantic, feel free to lend us your private jet.
2: Yeah, we'd be more than happy to get together and, and do a, yeah. you know, a private show, a live show, whatever you want. You know, yeah. we're we're good. Nothing almost, kinky, though. Pay. Nothing kinky. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. Not that kind of private We've show. got to have standards. That's right. Yes, as, as we've discussed, those the standards get lower the more you pay. Yeah. So.
0: Or could we, we could do after the ending night edition where we do sequels to porn films.
2: <laughs> after the ending, after dark. Yeah. after dark. <laughs> Oh, that could be interesting. Maybe, yes. uh, maybe sometime in the future we'll get to that. Yeah, when we run out of films to do, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah, or if we just get desperate for an audience, because who knows? That could triple our audience
0: overnight. You know. So, so the pizza man had quite an interesting time <laughs> at the uh, at the girls' dormitory. But what happens the next day? That's right.
2: <laughs> so Debbie leaves Dallas and really? moves on to Houston, which is actually a bigger city. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, all uh, right, on that note. Yes. Um, so that is uh, that was our live episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Next week, we'll be back to our regularly scheduled episode with movies and mini features and year of Hollywood to be determined still, yes. or to be revealed, I should say. We know what they are, but we're not telling you just We've yet. We've got lists. We've got like the right. next seven
0: years that's plotted true. out exactly it's true. we do yeah even we the do. jokes and everything are plotted that, out yep
2: even the even the bloopers are all yeah. plotted out ahead of time yeah and the callbacks. i can't wait phil i can't wait for your blooper in episode 36 it's oh, gonna kill
0: amazing. well there's uh, the callback we've got for one of the episodes in 2019 oh man oh, I, it's just gonna reference wait. what we've just done about the porn thing it's pretty yeah, yeah.
2: It's, it's gonna be a long wait but it'll be yeah. so worth it
0: yeah so regular listeners 2019 it'll hit and you'll go yeah they're right it was good that <laughs> Hopefully, with more after though. Yeah, they'll say that oh, those guys are brilliant. <laughs> so clever! How did they plan out? It's like you know Dan Harmon doing community and things like that. Right. The callbacks, the Beetlejuice bit in the background, all that stuff.
2: Yep, yep, yeah. We're just we're just like that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> all right well there you go so that was our episode and uh this is us for now i think we're gonna leave things there yes so phil how can people reach out to us and get in contact with us if they would like to do so
0: well you could you could shout really loudly but that's not gonna work but well right because the whole ocean thing you yeah know? you can find us on twitter uh, at after underscore the ending we're on facebook.com backslash after the ending podcast You're listening to this on some sort of podcast listening service, but on iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio or tune in.com and Stitcher, if you search After the Ending, we come up. And Mike, do you want to tell them our email address?
2: Yes, you can email us directly at, at net. We would love to get emails from you. So send us some emails, and yeah. we'll be happy to share any of them.
0: Get in touch. Tell us what you like, what you don't like, your ideas for endings to films we've done, or films we should give endings to. Uh, we always always have mighty more from many features, so you can always get involved with that as well with your ideas for the various bits and pieces we do. We'd love to hear from you, and we read everything that gets sent our way. We do
2: indeed. All right, then. Well, I think that will wrap us up for now. So, as always, we thank you greatly for listening. I'm Mike Spring, and I'm Phil Edwards, and we'll see you next week after the ending. And it might be a little light on bloopers because you know. I'm only going to be on mic for two minutes, but...
0: Yeah, yeah it's us, though. We could have loads. This is true. <laughs>
2: why well, I wouldn't put it past us.
0: <laughs> All right. We could fake okay. some if you want. No. <laughs>
2: believe me, I've thought about that, I, I think then you're crossing a line.
0: Yeah. <clears throat>
2: I'll be like, hello, and welcome to ending the after. Oh, oh darn no, it. no, <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> uh, Phil, how can people get in touch with us? Cool. How can people get... It's like Bocephus. Okay. You can find us on Facebook. Wait, let me say it again. I got to say it in English.
0: Otherwise, I have not a... See, we did have outtakes.
2: Exactly. Hooray. (laughs) So thrilled about that. Yeah. Until... Nope. How... Like, you know, I'm really... Like, speaking of 2019, like, will that be the year where I finally get us through an ending without messing it up?
0: Oh, it could be. Because I don't Uh, know.
2: I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's ever going
0: to happen. Maybe 2021. 2021, I think.
2: Okay, great. Thanks, thanks, Phil, for your
0: confidence in my abilities. You're like, well, no, you're no. Just, you're just I don't think you you're wait. going to make it in three years, Mike. Let's get five. Your way off. Working your way off, you see. Where do you see yourself in five years' time? Get on the end and right, <laughs> right, exactly.
2: <laughs> just come on in. We're recording a live podcast. Come on in. Have some fun. Bring more people with you. You made that so enticing. Thank you. Come on, have some fun. (laughs) Listen, I'm good at one thing, and that is doing this podcast. Inviting people into a room is not on my skill list. All right.